it's really people taking the issue with the consumption of cannabis, not the legalization of cannabis. The things that they point to as, as problems are problems that would exist regardless of legalization. Attorney Adam Wendett is one of many who's committed to educating people about what the legalization of marijuana could do for Delaware, as well as his clients who have been hit the hardest by marijuana laws. I think it's now a question for elected officials in Delaware is where do they want people buying legal cannabis? Do they want them driving across the bridge to New Jersey or do they want to bring that business to Delaware? Proposed legislation to legalize marijuana, which isn't new to the state of Delaware, has resurfaced with at least 60% of residents supporting the legalization of recreational marijuana, according to recent polls. Coming up, you'll get to hear Representative Ed Ozinski lead bill sponsor, Zoe Pachu of the Delaware Cannabis Advocacy Network, and Adam Wendett of Hopkins and Wendett Law Firm all address concerns, economic benefits, and raise awareness about social injustices associated with cannabis. From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, you're listening to Whip Count. I'd like to welcome our first guest to Whip Count, Representative Ed Ozinski, who's here to discuss the legalization of marijuana, a bill you proposed in 2019 before now, something your former colleagues proposed uh, some years ago as well. Well, you know, actually, it kind of got started back in 2017 by two previous legislators that have retired since then, and that was... Senator Margaret Rose Henry and State Representative Helene Keeley. Uh, unfortunately, the legislation didn't uh, didn't get approved, and um, those two fine legislators retired. So in 2019, I picked up the bill and uh, decided to make the effort to get this much-needed legislative legislation passed. You know, I feel. The war on drugs, the generations of uh, harm it's done, affecting people with their uh, ability to find housing, to uh, to occur good education, and to land good jobs. Uh, There's been so much damage by this war on drugs. So I think it's well overdue that we legalize this product. It's been proven the product is safe. It's not addictive. And uh, we need to turn this around because right now all it's been doing is hurting people when we know it's, it's got medical benefits and uh, there's no harm with it. So uh, that's why we're hoping this year we have better luck. I feel there's some positive uh, movement in, on this front from what other states in our area is doing, particularly New Jersey. So I feel like we're kind of in the red zone here. We just now have to get it over the goal line. Getting it over the goal line could mean more jobs, correct? Absolutely. There's four tiers of licenses that this legislation would create. Your retail, your testing facilities, your cultivation, and your product manufacturing. So there's close to 125 available licenses. And so it's going to create 100 jobs. And this is an industry that does not currently exist in Delaware. You know, it's not like we're introducing a brand new product. The product's out there, but it's being grown 
and and distributed all illegally. So I think it's going to be a huge benefit to Delaware just for the creation of the jobs and the requirement of it being tested to make sure it's safe and the regulations such as you need to be at least 21 years or older. So this should help keep it out of the hands of minors. So I think there's a lot of positives. And another big one, of course, would be the 15% tax that would generate revenue here in Delaware that is uh, much, much needed right now. You said a few things. Not everyone will be able to get their hands on marijuana, so there will be restrictions in place. That's correct. I mean, you, one, you have to be 21 years or older, and there are still going to be offenses that you could possibly be charged with because we're not. Uh, this bill in no way allows it to be consumed or smoked in the public in public areas. You still are not allowed to drive under the influence, and you still are not allowed to. Uh, we're not. We're we're adding no language in here that limits an employer from having their own drug policies. What else should people know about this proposed piece of legislation? I understand it models the state of Illinois. Any reason why? Well, Illinois has one of the most progressive social equity programs. We heard from the 2019 bill that we weren't addressing enough of the communities that were probably most negatively impacted by past prohibition on marijuana. So we did start doing some research. And, you know, this whole process has been constantly evolving because new states uh, every year are legalizing this. So we've studied uh, California, Illinois, Michigan, and Massachusetts. But we ended up pretty much modeling our social equity plan from Illinois and Michigan. And what that does, it, it, it creates a social equity applicant pool would be limited to those who either live in a disproportionately affected area or have either been convicted of a marijuana-related offense or or as a child of a person convicted of a marijuana-related offense. So this is an opportunity for some of those that have been negatively, negatively impacted to actually get into this industry. And we're also excited about the micro-business aspect of this new legislation that was not in the past bill. This will help what from the concerns we heard about states that have legalized this and just big marijuana comes in and takes over and it doesn't give an opportunity for the small local business person. So we've created this micro license category modeled from the New Jersey's bill, which would be a small business that is limited to 10 employees or less. And this would give that small entrepreneur the uh, benefits of uh, getting into the industry, and there's a designated number of licenses reserved just for that category. It seems like you're actively getting the word out about this bill, and several studies have been done on the legalization of marijuana to date, including here in Delaware. I don't think the public needs any additional education. Um, Surveys done by University of Delaware have shown that 61% of Delawareans approve of legalizing marijuana. So I think the public's on board. I just have to get a few more legislators on board. This bill creates a tax 
so it requires a three-fifths majority. That's 25 of my colleagues in the House. And so um, there's uh, I'm still kind of a couple votes short, but I'm hoping with what's going on in New Jersey and the talk of Maryland being next and then Pennsylvania and Virginia, I think my colleagues realize that we don't want our taxpayers going across the borders to spend their hard-earned money in New Jersey or Maryland. So I think my colleagues realize that this is eventually going to happen. So now might be a good time since other states are taking those steps. When or if Delaware hops on board with this, why now? Well, Delaware does not allow the referendum. You know, Jersey and other states, I think there's only been two states in the country out of the 15 that have it that actually done it by legislation. All the rest have done it by referendum. So the people spoke and the people got it done. Delaware does not allow the referendum. So we have to do it legislatively. And since it creates a tax, I need a three-fifths majority to get this passed. Other states have tried it. New Jersey tried to do it legislatively. They couldn't get it done that way. So they put it out to the public and the public voiced their opinion and voted and it was overwhelming, overwhelmingly approved. Earlier, you mentioned the war on drugs. Tell us why. Well, I think the social injustices that marijuana prohibition has done has been been overwhelming. And uh, now that we look back, it, it's it's it was just the wrong thing to do. And states have moved forward with medical programs, and they have decriminalized. So the next step is naturally legalization and regulation. I now like to bring on Zoe Patchell, a special guest here to speak with us about her advocacy work. She's with the Delaware Cannabis Advocacy Network. Tell us about your group and what you want people to know. So Delaware Cannabis Advocacy Network is an all-volunteer citizen-led organization, and we've been advocating since 2013 to remove all criminal and civil penalties for cannabis initiate criminal justice reforms for those that have been adversely affected by cannabis prohibition and replace the current illicit cannabis market with a safe, legal, and well-regulated industry. We already have 18.2% of Delawareans that admit to consuming cannabis according to a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration from 2020. So cannabis already exists here in Delaware and with all the other states that are legalizing, including our neighbors in New Jersey, Delaware doesn't exist in a bubble within that. So this industry already exists, but it exists on the illicit market. So legalization simply decides who controls the money and who controls the jobs. So it's really important that we legalize and tax and regulate cannabis for adults 21 and older. One of the positive things Representative Ozinski shared with us earlier is that his bill would create jobs. But what would you like to say to folks who are just not convinced enough to support this bill? Like I said, you know, the market for cannabis already exists here in the state of Delaware and around the country. Cannabis prohibition isn't reducing the use, supply, or demand of cannabis. 
public acceptance of cannabis consumption is growing. And it's not really a matter of should the government allow people to legally consume cannabis, but rather a question of, you know, who's going to control the illicit market or the lucrative market that exists with cannabis? Should it exist in the shadows, unregulated and controlled by gangs and criminal organizations? Or should it be regulated and legalized in a manner similar to alcohol with consumer safety protections and protections to ensure that underage individuals are not being sold cannabis, as well as, you know, obviously protecting the significant amount of people that already consume cannabis here in Delaware. Tell us why you support the legalization of cannabis personally. Uh, Well, cannabis uh, is proven safer than alcohol. I mean, there's uh, an abundance of research that shows that it's considerably safer than alcohol. You know, it doesn't come with the physical addiction. It doesn't come with the hangovers. And because of the body's own endocannabinoid system, lethal overdose for, from cannabis is impossible. So it's really a matter of, you know, consumers choosing a healthier, safer alternative to alcohol. Also, research shows that cannabis is associated with a reduction in opiate use, abuse, and overdose, as well as other drugs and alcohol. In our interactions with the community around the state, that's the number one benefit that we hear from consumers and from the citizens of Delaware is that it's helped people reduce or eliminate their use of addictive pharmaceuticals, as well as other drugs and alcohol. How can people support and help spread awareness? So we actually have a series of outreach activities and events planned for the spring. You can go to DelawareCannabis.org to check out how to get involved. We actually have our Delaware Citizens Cannabis Lobby Week, which will be Monday, March 15th through Friday, March 19th. And we're really just encouraging everyone to contact our elected officials and let them know that they're one of the 61% of Delawareans that support legalizing cannabis for adults 21 and older. It seems like the support for this is very diverse. Well, actually, you know, cannabis legalization is at a tipping point nationwide, and support is at an all-time high. We see a widely diverse uh, array of supporters, and you don't have to just be a cannabis consumer to support this. We have a lot of people that come to this issue because of the criminal justice aspect of it, because of the job aspect of it, and you know the economic development aspect of it. There's so many reasons to support cannabis legalization. It's really a, a broad spectrum issue, meaning it encompasses so many other issues within one single reform. So we really see support, you know, not only across many demographics and ages, but across the the political spectrum as well. Anything else you'd like to share? Well, little known fact is that Delaware was actually the first state in the country to garner a simple majority on a cannabis legalization bill that employed the legalized market. The only states that had legalized cannabis before that had done so through voter initiative. And the only other state that had passed it through the legislature was Vermont, but they didn't legalize the market. It's only legal for home cultivation and for possession. So 
we already have, you know, a majority of not only Delawareans, but also legislators that support this. You know, if it was left up to the voters, like our neighbors in New Jersey and many of the other states that have legalized, the first state would have already legalized cannabis for adult use. So we're just hoping that the Delaware legislature can put aside political differences and, you know, work for the people and finally listen to their constituents and legalize cannabis for adults 21 and older. Last but certainly not least, we have attorney Adam Wendett of Hopkins and Wendett Law Firm. Tell us why you're passionate about the legalization of marijuana in Delaware. Uh, thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm passionate about cannabis legalization primarily as a social justice and criminal justice issue, ending the criminal penalties and ending the human cost that's been paid by Delawareans under prohibition. I also feel that cannabis legalization is going to make communities safer. It's a large existing market, and regulating it will only make it safer. I think the way, the best way to look at uh, cannabis legalization in this bill is to consider history and consider alcohol prohibition and how much safer that market became, you know, after we legalized and, and regulated it. Before this conversation, you and I talked about provisions that you were happy to see in this proposed bill. Explain. Uh, with any legalization bill, you're going to see the removal of criminal penalties for possession of cannabis, and then you're going to see provisions that legalize the industry. So acts that people are currently engaging in, the possession would, would be a misdemeanor offense. And then there's a myriad of felony offenses that currently exist that would become legalized conduct in a regulated manner. So your cultivation of cannabis, manufacture of cannabis products, the selling of cannabis in, in a safe product. So the things that, that I'm excited about in the bill that I think people are most excited about is the provisions that take away these criminal penalties that give people an avenue to get a license and to do it legally and to do it safely and without the threat of, of criminal prosecution. Let's take a look back at the history of prohibition for a minute. Well, I think if, if you look back at the, the history of prohibition, there's been a, a demonization of cannabis consumers, and it started over 80 years ago. And cannabis prohibition has a, a quite racist history. Uh, it started off as a, a means of you know, essentially criminalizing blackness. That's what it was aimed at in the 1930s. That's how it started. And when the war on cannabis and I guess the war on drugs in general was ramped up by Nixon in the 70s, the target of that campaign and the target of cannabis prohibition uh, was people of color and anti-Vietnam War protesters. So it, it's got this long racist history and history of targeting people and in that regard, you know, to, to sell that to the public, there's been a lot of misinformation put out about cannabis over the years. There's been a lot of propaganda, a lot of slanderous propaganda, and for a long time, people bought into it. But what we've seen in particular over the last 20 years, there's been a ton of research on, on cannabis consumption. It's safer than alcohol. It's safer than tobacco. Uh, it's safer than a lot of products that we have out on the market. 
So as that research has become more widespread, as people have considered cannabis, you know, objectively and, and looked at it objectively, they've realized that they were sold false propaganda for years. And we've seen a rapid shift in public opinion of cannabis. So I think the, the delay across the country, I mean, most of the legalization provisions in this country have been in the last 10 years. So I, I think it's just been a rapid shift of, of public opinion, you know, realizing the, the truth of the matter, um, that cannabis is safe and that if people are going to engage in a safe activity, you know, in their own homes or in a, in a, in a safe setting and that they're not hurting anybody else, you know, you've seen this rapid shift towards legalization and what people are realizing, you know, now that other states have legalized is they look at their markets, they look at that system, they see it's safer, they see it's a better system, that it's benefiting the states that are legalizing. And, you know, I think the, 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 we're approaching the tipping point where you're going to see a lot of states um, that are going to legalize in rapid succession. And I, I think that the holdup has primarily been, you know, the, the years of, of misinformation and overcoming that. Tell us about the people you represent. Are you doing what you can to educate and raise awareness among your clients? Oh, of course. It's something uh, I'm quite well known, at least amongst my clientele and and prospective clientele, for the work I do on cannabis policy. It's very popular in public opinion. A large portion of my clientele is is people of color, the people who have been affected the most by cannabis prohibition. So it's something that I speak with my clients about quite frequently. They're excited about it and, and they're excited to support the policy. So it's something that, you know, when you're a cannabis advocate, we can often turn any conversation about anything into a conversation about cannabis legalization because it, it's just that important to us. I think it's probably one of the most important legislative measures that you're going to see in Delaware this year and has been for, for several years. So it's something, it's a conversation that I, that I have with my clients. It's a conversation that I have with everybody I see, people at the grocery store, families, friends, and, and calling on them to you know, contact legislators and to take action uh, because the majority of people in Delaware support this. And the only way that, that we can get it done is to contact legislators to take that action as, as citizens, to engage in citizen lobbying, and to tell elected officials, you know, how the public feels on this and and show that overwhelming support to to get it passed. Anything else you'd like to add that you want people to know? Uh, I think two of the the more important provisions of this bill, from my perspective as a a criminal law practitioner and someone who, who, you know, understands the system and the implication of criminal convictions are the expungement provisions in the bill and also the, the social equity provisions in the bill. I think those are, are two very important aspects of the bill. You know, I think many people, they understand the implications of a, a felony conviction. However, you know, misdemeanor convictions, particularly for possession of cannabis, can have many of the same impacts on a person's life that a felony conviction has. So the inclusion of expungement provisions in, in the upcoming bill is going to be an important step towards people advancing job opportunities um, housing opportunities, lending, you know, criminal convictions for cannabis can affect child custody, and then ultimately the, the peace of mind of not having um, a criminal conviction on their record. So I think there's a, a, a lot of value that should be placed in provisions like that. 
And then I think perhaps even more importantly, you know, my understanding is that this bill is going to include a, a social equity program, and, and that's very important. The war on cannabis has been, you know, these laws have been disproportionately used to target people of color. People of color have been convicted of both misdemeanor and felony cannabis offenses and incarcerated at higher rates than white people. So provisions in this bill that will address the historical inequalities of cannabis prohibition are important to creating a better market. Whip Count is brought to you by the Delaware House Democratic Caucus. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dehousedems, on Twitter at dehousedems, on Instagram also at dehousedems. More episodes are coming, so make sure you're subscribed.